2 Timothy chapter 2. I want to read just one verse. You know, in life, there are temporary things and there are eternal things. I'm talking about the things we invest in, the things we pursue, the things you center your life around. There's temporal things and there's eternal things. There's things that matter in the temporary and there's things that matter in the eternal. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4 says this in the New King James Version. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. If you've got your Bible and you are looking at it, you'll see that there are several metaphors that the Apostle Paul uses in this passage to describe what he's talking about. This one verse, verse 4, it, uh, let's just read it again. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. If you make temporary investments, you're going to receive temporary results. But if you'll, if you'll have temporary commitment, you're going to see temporary relationship. But if you will invest in the eternal things, you're going to see eternal results. I want to preach to you this morning for a little while from that scripture on this thought, tangled in the temporary. Tangled in the temporary. You may be seated. I want to, I want to urge you today. Don't pursue the temporary at the expense of the eternal. I understand this morning that there are temporal, temporary matters that we must attend to. I don't want you to walk away from this service this morning thinking that the preacher's out of touch and that I live in some kind of cloud where there are no temporary, temporal, trivial things that must be dealt with. There are certainly things that pertain to this life that must be attended to. There's things in life that we can look at it and we can, beyond the shadow of a doubt, say that it is a temporary thing, but it's an obligation that you must engage with. But never should we pursue the temporary at the expense of the eternal. God is eternal. He exists outside of time. I don't want to get all science fiction this morning get you into a place where you're, you're disoriented, but God exists outside of time. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. When time began as we know it, God was already in existence. And he started to create and to assign function to different things that existed that he created in the universe. He was already there in the beginning. Because God exists outside of time. He is eternal. He is infinite. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 102, he said it like this, poetically. Of old, you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. You will perish, they will, they will perish but you will endure. Yes, they will all grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will change them, and they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years have no end. God is eternal. He's not the creation of man. He's not something that we manufactured on our own by our own intellect. But he pre-exists everything that we know 
and he exists outside of time because God is eternal. And I would submit to you today that there's a part of you that is also eternal. God created you, but when he created you, he, he created a part of you that would never die. There's a part of you that will never die. The messaging systems of this world would try to convince you today and are deceiving people all over the world. Deceiving people to believe that this world and this life is all that there is. That, this is, that what exists right now is all that there is and all there ever will be. And there are even some who claim to be Christian, who have a pseudo-religious message that try to preach a gospel that you can live your best life right now. That this can be the best that it ever gets for you. I want to submit to you today that there's a part of you that is eternal and will never pass away. It's why Jesus, when he was teaching in Matthew chapter 19, one came to Jesus and asked him and said, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? There's none good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, that is eternal life, Jesus said, keep the commandments. And the man said to Jesus, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man said to Jesus, all these things I've kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, if you want to be complete, go and sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. And the scripture tells us that when the young man heard that saying of Jesus, that he went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. And then Jesus turned, after that encounter, Jesus turned and said to his disciples, assuredly, I say to you, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say to you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Jesus said it's difficult for those of us that get tangled up in the temporary. He was talking about possessions, but I'm talking about anything. We can talk about possessions, we can talk about money, but we can also talk about the accolades and the achievements and and the education and the career and the hobbies and everything else, all the other trappings that exist in this life, that if we were to have an honest moment this morning, it wouldn't take much honesty to say those things are temporary. And Jesus said it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for somebody who is tangled up in the temporary things of life to make it into the kingdom of heaven. Hear me this morning. Money is temporary. Possessions are temporary. Achievement in this life is temporary. Heaven is eternal. Don't get tangled up in the temporary in this life. You need to invest in the eternal today. There are things that we can invest in that yield eternal results. And you need to invest in them because there is a part of you that is eternal. You have an eternal soul that God created that is never going to pass away. Everything else is going to pass away. The money's going to pass away. The degrees hanging on your wall are going to pass away. 
The thing you have parked in the driveway is going to pass away. All the hobbies that you have are going to pass away. All the things hanging up in your closet are going to pass away. All the electronic gadgets that you like to play with are going to pass away. But your soul is never going to pass away. You have an eternal soul. And it's going to spend eternity somewhere. You need to invest in eternal things. Jesus said as much in Matthew chapter 6. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The Apostle John wrote about the same thing, and he wrote us a warning that is so relevant for us today. He said, do not love the world or the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. That's why when God calls us into a relationship with him, and you begin to follow Jesus as a disciple of his, there are changes that take place in your life. The Puritans, a long time ago, they called it, he starts to reorder our affections. The things that I used to love, I don't love anymore. And the things I used to not care much about, that's the thing that matters most now. That's what starts to happen when you're born again of the water and of the Spirit. When you start to live for God and God begins a new work in you, there's changes that happen in your life. And it starts to make you become more like Him. The word we've used to describe that is holiness. Holiness is essential. You must be holy. God says, separate yourselves from among them and be holy, for I am holy. He's saying, separate yourselves from the things of this life, the temporary things that are so easy to become tangled up in. God is calling us away from those things, and he's calling us into a relationship with him that is different than the way that the world lives. I'm talking this morning that it's possible to even, as a born-again person, to become tangled up in the temporary. And we cannot become tangled up in the things of this world. Because the things of this world are passing away. The Apostle John even wrote, said, those that are tangled up in the things of this world, those that love what this world has to offer, they are not of God. But if they will direct their attention toward God and love God more than anything else and put eternal things first. They abide in God. Reaching for someone this morning. You're being shaped by the things of this world. The Lord prompted me late last night You need to hear what I'm saying this morning. You need to submit yourself to Jesus Christ. You need to get renewed in your thinking. And allow the eternal and holy God form 
your life. You need to have an honest moment this morning and say, what's shaping me? What do I look like? What characteristics am I taking on? Are you tangled up in temporary things today? I'm asking and I'm slowing down because your soul's at stake. Don't think for a minute that you can live for God and, be, and make heaven and be tangled up in temporary things. Don't think for a second that you can prioritize the things of this world above God and make it to heaven. Don't think for a moment that you can put your career and your education, the accolades, the money, the possessions, the hobbies, that you can put all those things first and give God the leftovers and that God's going to honor that. I don't mean to be hard or harsh this morning, but I do mean to be honest and direct because your soul's at stake. You need to let God change you. God didn't save you so you could stay the way you were. That's why Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. You know, he didn't say, I want you to commit your thought life to me. He said, your bodies, the physical things of life, the everyday ordinary things, the temporary things that are so easy to become tangled up in. Paul says, submit those things to God and let God begin to shape your life. He says, do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I want to reach for somebody today and tell you you've been tangled up in the trivial and in the temporary for too long and it is not the will of God that it be that way any longer. God has something better for you. God has something better for you he has something eternal for you, and I'm reaching for that part of you that knows that there is an eternal soul that every person has that is going to spend eternity somewhere. Don't get distracted this morning. I know, I know even in a setting like this, as I preach a message like this and as we address this topic, it's very, very tempting to get distracted with the phone that's buzzing to get distracted with what your kid's doing, if your kid's with you this morning. To get distracted with what the rest of the day is going to hold and what's on the schedule for Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. I know, those, I know. And some of those things may be important, but there's nothing more important than what I'm talking about right now. There's nothing more important than your eternal soul. I, I know, I know that's a serious statement to make. I know Hear me, I know that your family is important. I pray for your family. You pray for your family. Your children, I pray that your children make heaven. I pray that everything, every one of your family, everyone in your family tree makes heaven. But hear me today, I'm talking to the individual this morning. I'm telling you that there's nothing more important than your eternal soul. I know. Somebody needs to have something grow in their spirit that says, you know what, not my soul. I'm not going to trade my soul for something temporary in this world. That's the exchange that the adversary would like to have you make. 
Because the adversary has an understanding of eternity. The adversary, Satan understands eternity better than we do. I want to introduce you to somebody this morning. Colossians chapter 4 verse 14. Paul's signing off in his letter. He's greeting people. He says these words. He says, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Later on in the New Testament, Paul's writing another letter. He says, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow laborers. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9, he's writing to young Timothy at the end of his life. And he writes, be diligent to come to me quickly, Timothy, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica. It's one of the most haunting sentences in the New Testament for me. Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world world. I remember memorizing that scripture when I was a boy. I remember memorizing our scripture that we started with in 2 Timothy Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he might please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. I, I remember thinking I knew what those scriptures were about. I got a pretty good grasp of them when I was a kid, but For the older I get, the more I realize what those scriptures are all about and what exactly is going on, and they haunt me. See, Demas wasn't a lightweight. Demas wasn't a flash in the pan. He shows up in other places in the New Testament. Paul commends him, honors him, recognizes him. Easy shot today, to, it's easy this morning to take a shot at Demas. Demas, why weren't you tough enough? Why weren't you more like Mark who left but he came back? Why weren't you more like Luke who never left Paul's side? Demas, why, why, why were you this way? What happened? And the truth of the matter is we don't know all the specifics of Demas, but I don't need to know how Demas' story ends to know how it really ends. The fact of the matter is that Demas pursued the temporary at the expense of the eternal. There's a few thoughts I want to share with you this morning about how this happens and why, how we can avoid it, if that's okay. First thing we need to do is you need to begin with the end in mind. Luke 14 tells a story, Jesus tells a story about a man He says, which of you intending to build a tower doesn't sit down and first count the cost? Whether he has enough time, enough to finish it, lest he has laid the foundation and he's not able to finish. And everyone who sees it mocks him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Paul honored Demas in his earlier writings. It wasn't just that Demas had potential, but he was going somewhere. He was actually involved. He was engaged in the battle. 
He was walking the walk. He was a valued partner of the Apostle Paul in his missionary journeys. But then, apparently, the cost of living for God got too high for Demas. You know what the word, the name Demas means? Demas means popular. It's very easy to do the popular thing. I commend Demas because for years it appears that he was doing the unpopular, he was doing the right thing, but then eventually he started living up to his name and he started doing the popular thing. And when popularity started to wane, Demas started doing his own thing. You see, 2 Timothy was written when Paul was under arrest. He was in a prison. He was in a prison. He wasn't under house arrest anymore. He was in a prison. Prison, prison. He was on death row. He was going to be executed. All of a sudden, Demas looked around at one point and said, this isn't what I signed up for. Anybody ever done that? Anybody ever felt that way? I didn't sign up for this. He had not counted up the cost. He hadn't started with the end in mind. I think there's some believers at Bluff City who've calculated and who have counted the cost up today and say, you know what? I know it won't always be popular. I know it won't always be easy. Here's what Abraham did. The book of Romans says Abraham reckoned that God was able able to do what he said he was going to do. When Abraham counted up the cost and he started doing all the calculations, he included faith. And so when you look at all the different calculations of your life and you look at the way life's going, you look at how living for God is going, don't miss faith. Don't forget to count faith. When you're doing all of your reckoning and you're doing all of your accounting, don't be like Demas and say, you know what? I didn't sign up for this. I'm going to bail out. Be more like Abraham and say, you know what? I, I, I see all the challenges of my life. I see the obstacles and I see the hardships, but I've counted up the cost and I've reckoned that by faith, God is able to do what he said he's going to do in my life. He's made some promises in my life. There's things God has done in my life that I'm going to see through to the end. Begin with eternity in mind. Second thing I would submit to you today is that you need to run well. And don't stop for temporary things. Don't stop for temporary things. You need to have a clear division in the way that you order your life. There are eternal things and there are temporary things. Brothers and sisters, don't confuse the two. I can't come through and, and no one can for you. No one can come through and audit your life and tell you what is temporary and what is eternal. You're going to have to make it a matter of prayer and you're going to have to be in the word of God. And through that, through time in God's word and time in God's presence, God will reveal to you the temporary things and God will reveal to you the eternal things. Don't get distracted by temporary things. Don't, get, don't, don't stop living for God. So that you can attend to temporary things. Invest in eternal things. Eternal things. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, Reject old wives' fables, profane things, and exercise yourself toward godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little bit. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you. Bodily exercise, that's a word, profits some getting quiet right now bodily exercise profits some it's okay 
to exercise and to be physically active and to be in shape. All right, we got some very, very quiet amens there. Very, very quiet. Very timid. That's profitable. It's good to do. I think you need to do it. However, the Apostle Paul says there's something of immense more value. He says, exercise yourself in, train yourself in godliness. You know, one is temporary and one is eternal. I started off, I, I'm not going to get on a rabbit trail here, but I started off by admitting that there are some temporary things that must be attended to. Okay? Your health's one of them. Okay? I'm going to, let me go out there for a second. When, in the book of Acts, Brother Joe, Sister Kalen, if you guys just vanished all of a sudden and got transported to another place to preach the gospel or teach a Bible study, we would think that's pretty miraculous. Amen? That's what happened in the book of Acts. It happened in Acts chapter 8. Philip was in one place, and then God transported him to another place, and then God transported him to yet another place. Incredible. It's a miracle. Amazing. However, the apostolic church did not then begin to count on teleportation as the primary means of travel because you still have to walk places. And so everyone else that went places, unless God did something miraculous for them, they walked. I think there's a carryover to some of the temporal things that we interact with in our daily lives. Let's talk about our health for a minute. We just admitted that in Romans chapter 12, it talks about giving our bodies. God's can, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We're supposed to take care of them. And so while God does miraculously heal, we are also obligated to take care of ourselves. That was for free. Temporal things have their place. And even though I hope that you have, that you do take care of yourself, I think there's wisdom in that. I hope you exercise your body, take care of yourself, you eat the right things, whatever. I hope it never overtakes the eternal preparations that you're making. Don't get hung up in the gym and miss the prayer room. That's what I'm saying. Everyone tracking with me this morning? I think you can have both. But don't trade, don't trade away the eternal for the temporary. Don't get so tangled up in the temporary that you miss out on the eternal. I think there's things about your education that can benefit the kingdom. I think there's people that can be trained in things, that can have educational training in things that benefit and bless the body. But do not pursue an education at the expense of your eternity. You know what someone said once? Get your education and then get over it. Okay? Am I making my point this morning? There's eternal things. There's eternal things. And we can't stop for temporary things. Some, some of us, we fear letting people down in temporary things. You've got expectations on you, and you fear letting people down and swinging and missing at something that's just temporary. 
Jesus addressed that in Matthew 10. He said, don't fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. I want you to focus on eternal things. Skip the temporary things as much as you can and just focus on the eternal things. If you're hungry for something more today, you don't have to settle for the temporary. There are eternal things that you can invest in today that are going to yield eternal dividends. The scripture says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Your prayer life is an investment that no one can ever take away from you. It will never return void. You're never going to receive less than you invested back from your prayer life. God's word is going to stand forever. The prophet Isaiah said, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will not pass away. Last but not least, I want to encourage you this morning to finish well. It's not enough to start strong. Hear me this morning. One of the things we want to be very good at at Bluff City that we, we really want to emphasize is we want to be a place where people can advance in their relationship with God and you can start strong. You can start a relationship with God. You can restart a relationship with God and you can start strong and get off and running. But can I tell you today, it's not enough just to start strong. You need to finish strong. Can I read a sobering passage from the prophet? Ezekiel this morning that says, God says, do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord God, and not that he should turn from his ways and live? God doesn't have any pleasure that the wicked should die. He says, but when a righteous man turns away from his righteousness and commits iniquity and does according to all the abominations that a wicked man does, shall he live? All the righteousness which he has done shall not be remembered. I preached a couple weeks ago about how when we repent, how we're baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of our sins. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, you need to. It's the way they did it in Scripture, and it's the way we must do it today. But when we repent and we're baptized, our, God forgives us of our sins, and the Scripture says that he, doesn't, he chooses not to remember them anymore. He doesn't remember them anymore. It's not that he forgets them. He's not forgetful. He just, he, he, of his own volition, chooses to not bring them up anymore. He does not remember them any longer. This is the other side of the coin, and this ought to be sobering for us. I've preached hope, and I've preached, I've preached faith these last several weeks. I'm, I'm just, I'm where the Holy Ghost has me at this morning. Ezekiel tells us that if we start strong, but then we veer off course. If we start by investing and acknowledging the eternal, but we get tangled up in the temporary, and we start prioritizing the temporal things, and we veer off into things of sin and wickedness and neglecting our relationship with God, the prophet Ezekiel says that all of the righteousness we had at the beginning, God won't remember it either. We must finish strong. We must finish well. Paul wrote the same thing to the Galatians. He says, Galatians, are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, 
Are you going to finish by the flesh? No. We're going to finish the same way we started. We're going to finish in the Holy Ghost. We're going to finish living a repented life. We're going to finish because we've had a holy life and we've been devoted to God and committed to God and we've let God take every category and every part of my life and cut away all the temporary things and let me just have the eternal things of God that are going to exist forever. Reaching for Demas this morning. God's reaching for anyone that's tired of being tangled up. I don't know what's, have you, what's had you tangled up. I don't know if it's something going on at work, if it's been uh, the status of, of an education that you're pursuing, if it's been a relationship that you're so wound up about, worried up about, that I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the bills that can't get paid. And, I, and, and here, and maybe it's something with your health. And hear me, I want to say again, those things that are valid and significant and need to be dealt with and addressed, but nothing can supersede the place of the eternal that God wants to deal with in your life. I refuse to allow the last word of my life to be that he traded the eternal for the temporary. You can run this race, Demas. You can make it, Demas. The musicians would come. I want to turn your attention back to 2 Timothy chapter 2. It says, no man that wars, no one engaged in warfare, entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has enlisted him as a soldier. Verse 5, the very next verse says this, and also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. I want to introduce you to someone named John Stephen Ikari. He was a world-class marathon runner. He trained for years to compete in the 1968 Olympics in Mexico City. Mexico City, you might know, is high in altitude, way above sea level. Many runners have trouble competing there in the high altitude conditions. There's something about the oxygen levels and things like that that make it very challenging for runners to compete there. Like many of the other runners, John Stephen Ikari had not had any access to any high-altitude training. And so when he got to Mexico City and started to run that marathon race in the 1968 Olympics, he, like others in that race, experienced debilitating spasms in their muscles. While competing... He cramped up due to those high altitudes. And at the 19-kilometer mark out of 42 kilometers, he was jockeying for position between some runners, and he was hit. There was, they got a little bit messed up, and he fell. He badly wounded his knee. He dislocated his knee, plus his shoulder hit the pavement at full speed. He had a choice in that moment as he laid there on the ground. 18 out of the 75 who started had pulled out of the race. Would John be one of them? John decided to keep running. Night fell over Mexico City and the course was plunged into darkness. The sun had set. There was a television crew 
that was sent out from the medal ceremony when word was received that there was one more runner about to finish. All eyes were fixed on the entrance to that stadium. It had been an hour since the winner had crossed the finish line. Many others had crossed the finish line since then, but there was one man left. And everybody who was left in the stadium fixed their eyes on that entrance. And as they did, there was a lone figure that strode into that stadium. You could see him wincing and laboring as he saw the finish line out ahead. And he started to pick up his pace just a little bit. As he finally crossed the finish line, there was a cheer that came from the small crowd that was still gathered there. Him with his knee bandaged up and dislocated and his shoulder badly gashed. John Stephen Akari finished what has been called the greatest last place finish ever. He was interviewed after the race and he was asked why he continued running. He said, my country did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. We need to finish strong. We can finish strong. But if we're going to, we can't become tangled up in the temporary. He said, I never thought of stopping. My only objective was to finish the race. If you'd stand with me, I think it's worth acknowledging he could have allowed himself to be tangled up in setbacks and challenges, even in opportunities to take a different route or to make things a little easier. But it wouldn't have been the same as crossing that finish line. Hear me all across this room. There are temporary things and there are eternal things. There are temporary things you can invest in that will yield a temporary result. But there are eternal things you can invest in that will never die. Anyone can start, but it takes determination to finish. Can we lift up our hands all over this room right now as we start to say, Lord, I'm going to pursue the eternal. Come on, all over this room. Would you start to cry out with your voice? These altars are open. I want to invite you to come and find a place to make some eternal commitments to God. Maybe you've been tangled up in the temporary. I don't want to label it and tell you what it is for yourself, but maybe there's something...